and welcome to Change the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Dean, and this is the first episode, this is the first official episode of Change the Game. It's going to be uploaded today. It is Right now it is 3.43 a.m. as I start recording this. I've been working on this podcast for a while. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to Uh, to the debut of this podcast the third episode either the second or third is going to be an episode that i've already recorded uh it was months ago actually uh when endgame got released avengers endgame got released on blu-ray and if you thought that this was going to be a sports podcast you are mistaken this episode will be a sports episode But this podcast is not just about sports. Anybody who knows me knows that I love a lot more than just sports. You know, comic book movies, movies, video games. You know, I'm just, you know, not just your typical football, basketball. You guys all know I love WWE, wrestling, boxing, UFC. Every episode, though, is going to be a different topic. So, if you don't like sports, you don't have to listen to the sports episodes. You could go right into whatever you like. Wrestling, comic books, you know, movies, TV shows, whatever. I'm going to be talking about so much different topics on this podcast. I'm so excited to get this rolling. I'm going to try to do a couple episodes a week. Uh, the first episode is going to be an NFL episode. I wanted to wait till the Monday Night Football game uh, to start this off, but I just wanted to start off with an introduction kind of of what this podcast is going to be. I named it Change the Game for that reason. I am trying to change the game. You know, for a long time, I've been known as a sports guy, and I do not want to be known as just a sports guy. So I'm changing the game in the podcast world. I feel like because I'm going to be talking about so much and I feel like my audience is going to be so diverse and maybe, just maybe, I'll get some comic book fans to maybe even become sports fans and vice versa, you know, because I feel like that's the great thing about life. You can like all types of different things and I'm just so excited to start this podcast, to finally get it uploaded. I am hoping this will be uploaded Uh, The date is Tuesday, November 19th. I am really hoping that this can get uploaded today. I'm not going to go to sleep until I get this uploaded or at least confirm that it'll be uploading onto Spotify, iTunes, uh, whatever, maybe SoundCloud. But I'm really going to try and do my best to upload to as many different uh, streaming sites and whatnot as possible. But... I'm going to get right into it. This is going to be the first episode is going to be an NFL. There will be an NFL episode every week. Probably will be a college football episode every week too. Although some weeks I may not be able to have enough time to get into that. I don't want to upload too much content per week. Uh, And this week I do have other episodes to upload. I'm going to upload an episode that I previously recorded. Uh, months ago, back when Avengers Endgame came out on Blu-ray, 
That'll probably be the second or third episode uh, that I upload for Change the Game. But the very first episode is going to be NFL, really the biggest sport in America. Not my favorite sport, as you all know. I'm a little bit bigger of an NBA fan, but I do love the NFL. And I just wanted to wait till week 11 was finally over, and it concluded with the Chiefs beating the Chargers 24-17 to in Mexico. But I will get into that game later. I've got two things to talk about, first of all, that I am very, very upset about in different ways. And I'm going to start off with the Sunday night game, which was in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Rams against my hometown, Chicago Bears. The Rams win 17-7. It effectively eliminates the Chicago Bears from playoff contention drops the Bears to 4 and 6 the Rams improved to 6 and 4 and I I've got a lot to say about the Chicago Bears Mitch Trubisky you know not a great game or anything 24 43 190 yards a touchdown and a pick no success running the football uh, Tariq Cohen catching the lone touchdown for the Bears. They forced a bunch of turnovers, didn't get any points off of them. Eddie Pinheiro missing two kicks. Jared Goff for the Rams didn't look great at all. Once again, the Bears shut him down. 11 of 18, 173 yards, an interception. Todd Gurley goes for 97 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown. Whew. But my problem... With the Chicago Bears starts with the head coach, Matt Nagy. I'm done with him. I've been done with him for weeks. And and the moment that I became done with him was that fateful game a couple weeks ago. The Bears lost to the other LA team, the LA Chargers at Soldier Field. With 40 seconds to go, they decide to take go into victory formation, even though they hadn't won the game yet. Take a knee. And have Eddie Pinheiro kick a 41-yard field goal, which apparently Matt Nagy felt was a chip shot. Pinheiro missed it. Never mind the fact that that wasn't even Pinheiro's preferred hash. You know, maybe it would be nice to know what his preferred hash is. And maybe if you're going to take a knee, why don't why doesn't Mitch Trubisky just run to that part of the field and take a knee? But no. They take a knee, but that's not where I was done with Matt Nagy. It was that press conference. You know, sometimes I get mad at sports journalists because I feel like sometimes journalists stab athletes in the back. I don't like that. But in this case, there are times where I stand up for journalists, and this is a perfect moment where Matt Nagy tried to make it seem like the reporter was asking a dumb question. The very first question asking what went into his mind with taking a knee. And Matt Nagy goes, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that at all. Not at all. Not going to get into it all. Right. You're not going to get into the fact that you just decided not to run the ball. And Matt Nagy goes, well, what if he fumbles it? What if they throw an inter- what if he throw an interception? And the reporter goes, we lose the game. And you know what? Uh, Matt Nagy's lucky that I didn't ask that question. 
because I wouldn't have said anything derogatory. I wouldn't have, you know, gone off on him, but I, I would have made some kind of remark like, but you lost the game anyway. I, Matt Nagy is, he, he played scared in that moment and he's soft. He's made the Bears soft. I've seen Bears players reacting to fans booing, getting mad about that. Um, I know there were some players who were harping back at fans on Twitter who were criticizing them. Like, do, do the Bears not realize that this is Chicago? This is the, what is it, the third largest market in America? A team that is starving to win a Super Bowl? They've won one Super Bowl in their history in 1985 with the greatest defense of all time and the greatest running back, arguably the greatest player in the history of the National Football League. That's your only championship. They've only been to one Super Bowl other than that. The only Super Bowl... Bears have been in since then Super Bowl 41 where Peyton Manning won Super Bowl MVP and honestly didn't deserve it but that that's besides the point So Matt Nagy has made this team soft and I'm just done with him he's great when you're winning because of your defense but Matt Nagy really had nothing to do with the Bears success last year let's be honest what did Matt Nagy really have to do? What does Matt Nagy do for the Bears? He has a bunch of plays where it's a bunch of misdirection and players running all around, goofy formations, and then it gets a, a no no gain, one yard gain, two yard loss, three yard loss, one yard loss. You know? Oh wow, a, a three yard gain. Oh my god. And then you have guys like Anthony Miller, who wants to talk a bunch of smack. I swear, I swear, he is, he's got to have the biggest ratio of smack talk to disappointing play. And, oh, I mean, listen, I'm no Mitch Trubisky fan, trust me. I've gone into depth about the Bears' stupidity for drafting him over Deshaun Watson. And even Patrick Mahomes. Even though I like Watson more, hey, I'd take Mahomes any day over Trubisky. Come on now. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I, I've talked with friends about this, and it's like the conclusion we came with is that they probably took him because he's white. That's pretty sad to me if that's the case. I really hope that's not the case. I know Ryan Pace fell in love with this kid, Trubisky. They didn't even interview Deshaun Watson. Are you kidding me? I never understood. They played in the same conference. People just wrote off Deshaun Watson's performance against Alabama in two straight national championship games. Almost almost beat them twice. He had all-time great performances in both championship games, and the second one came back down 14 to nothing, winning the game at the last second. That dude was a baller. I, I just love his heart. It's it's why he might just be my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I mean, outside of Tom Brady. Love me some Lamar Jackson to him and get into 
him in a second, that baller out there in Baltimore. But, but man, the Chicago Bears are just a complete joke right now. It is, it is embarrassing what has happened to the Chicago Bears. It's embarrassing what Matt Nagy did at the end of the game. So, anyway, obviously not a big Mitch Trubisky fan, but he did not play awful on Sunday night against the Rams. He didn't. I've seen Mitch Trubisky play way worse than that. Many games worse than that one. So the last drive of the game, when the game was over 17-7, he pulls Mitch Trubisky. He pulls him for Chase Daniel. And you know what? I love me some Chase Daniel because I'm a Mizzou grad. Mizzou made, right? Chase Daniel is Mizzou made. But come on. That was, that was a coward move. That was an absolute coward move by Matt Nagy. Basically, it's his fault, not mine. And then he wants to, you know, he wants to say, he's been saying, oh, it wasn't because of play. It was because he was injured. Baloney. You know why you did that. You tried to point the blame at Mitch and not yourself when you knew it was your fault. This Bears season is mostly to blame on two people, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And Mitch Trubisky is a big reason why the Bears are struggling. But you can't say he's the main reason. You just can't. And I'm, I am no fan of Mitch Trubisky. I'm telling you, I'm just not. I've never been sold on him. And I feel like I was cursed because the day of that draft, I was making jokes with a buddy in my class about how the Cleveland Browns were going to tweak and they were going to take Mitch Trubisky number one overall. They take Garrett. The Bears trade up to two. I'm thinking they're going to take Deshaun Watson, you know, with the optimism in my mind. My favorite college football player of all time, Deshaun Watson. You know, and they took Mitch Trubisky. I couldn't believe it. Because at the time, I would have loved the Mahomes pick too. Because I knew Mahomes. I said, I'm like, dude, that's, that's, an, that's Brett Favre. That's Brett Favre 2.0. I mean, he really is. He He's really Brett Favre 2.0. Now, Watson, again, I still believe is better, but either one of those guys you could have taken over Mitch Trubisky. And now you, you look at, you hear the reports that Ryan Pace might have skipped Watson's interview because John Fox wanted him, and he wanted to prove that he's the smartest man in the room, basically. And that's, that's what he hired in Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy thinks he's smarter than everybody. You know, there's a clip of him playing arena football as a quarterback, and the coach tells him, oh, that running play hasn't worked the last couple times. And Matt Nagy goes, oh, well, let's run it again. We're gonna, it's going to work this time. And that seems what Matt Nagy does. He thinks he's so much smarter than everybody else, and he continues to make bogus decisions. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable how poor the Bears are. It is... The most disappointing season I can remember as a Bears fan. This is more disappointing than the year after the Super Bowl when they went 9-7, and seven, I believe they went, and missed the playoffs. It was either 7-9 and nine or 9-7. Nine and seven. It was a disappointing season, no doubt. You know, Rex Grossman was the quarterback. Man, I miss Lovey Smith. Probably should never have been fired, let's be honest. When you really think about it, he got fired after a 10-6 and six season. They did miss the playoffs, but they went 10-6. and six. You know, but man, you got to say goodbye to Matt Nagy. There is some hope now, but for me, 
As a Bears fan, it is on to 2020. And I am hoping right now, I'm just talking about quarterback-wise. Coach-wise, I would love for the Bears to go out and grab Lovey Smith. Grab him from U of I. Look what he's doing with Illinois. Illinois is having their best season uh, since they went to the Rose Bowl in 2000. And I believe, what, 2000 and, 2008, 2009? One of those years. 2007, maybe? It was one of those years. The year that they went to the Rose Bowl, though, that was that was Illinois' best year, and now they're best year that I can remember, at least, knowing about U of I football. But, man, I'd love to see Lovey come back, but, man, you need to get rid of Matt Nagy. It's over for him as the Bears coach, in my estimation. And I thought that that was a coward move to pull Mitch Trubisky like that, make him the scapegoat. The LA Rams are not that good of a team. I predicted before the season that they would miss the playoffs. I believe my prediction is still right on schedule. I I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to miss the playoffs. And the Bears are going to miss the playoffs too. The Packers and the Vikings are both going to make the playoffs. It makes me sick. Ugh, makes me sick. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I actually used to like the Vikings. Not really the Vikings. I thought I did, but it was just I loved Randy Moss. And I liked Dante Culpepper, too. But, boy, I loved Randy Moss. Still do. My favorite wide receiver of all time. You know, I always make the case he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. Just on a one game, who are you taking as your number one wide receiver? I'm sorry. I'm taking, I'm taking Randy Moss. That's the best wide receiver to ever step on a field. Yeah, Jerry Rice definitely has the longevity, better teammate argument, a better leader argument you can make. So no, no disrespect to Jerry Rice at all. Hey, Skip Bayless says that Michael Irvin is better than Jerry Rice. Come on. Like, people, I say that to people, and they, they act so mad at me when I say that. But come on, like, like, don't act like Randy Moss wasn't a freak. And Terrell Owens is third in my estimation, but, man, he is right there with Rice and... Moss, those three are in a class. But those three names right there, Moss, Owens, and Rice, they're in a class all by themselves. But anyway, back to the the bad news bears because, boy, they are. There's some bad news right now. It's nothing but bad news. You know, you let Todd Gurley finally get going. You know, it was just, it was hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. And me being the sucker of a fan I am, putting the clown face, the clown makeup on, you know, like the Joker. That scene at the end of the Joker where he's, you know, he's finally becoming the Joker and and painting his face. That that's me thinking that the Bears are going to win on Sunday night football against the Rams. They need to flex the Bears out of that game against the Chiefs. Before the season I wanted to go to that game. And then a couple months ago I was mad because I saw the ticket prices went way up. I was like, man, I should have bought those tickets before, but I'm glad I didn't. Forget that. I'm going to try to go to that Lakers-Bucks game December 19th, the day after my birthday. I'll have way more fun. Lakers are the best team in basketball. But this is not the NBA podcast. We'll get into that. Maybe that'll be the next podcast is NBA. But 
man, the Bears, they ruined my night. Rick and Morty, there was a new episode on, and, and I was watching it, and I couldn't pay attention for real because I was just like, the Bears had just messed my mind up so much. I was on Twitter reading it, getting more and more angry about the Bears, and then I, I basically, you know, I watched it, but I, I just missed so much. I was like, man, I, I didn't even really fully understand what was going on in the episode, so I'm like, well, it's going to rerun it too. I'll just stay up till then, I guess. And then, of course, I, I stay up till 2. I watch the first part of the episode, goes to commercial break, and I and I knock out, fall asleep. <sighs> so I still haven't finished that Rick and Morty episode, so don't spoil anything for me on Twitter, please. But I'll get to it probably tomorrow. But, man, it's just so disappointing to see the Bears like this. Ah, <sighs> man, Matt Nagy needs to go. But like I said... A few minutes ago, there is hope for 2020 because not only do I want them to bring in Lovey Smith, but the main goal for me, and you know, I said that it's possible to get Tom Brady, but I honestly don't want Tom Brady because the Bears don't have the line to protect him. They don't have the weapons except for Allen Robinson, but he he's a good weapon, but Tom Brady's older. Come on. The guy that the Bears need to try everything in their power to get is Cam Newton. Super Cam, because people are forgetting just how good Cam Newton is. And maybe the Panthers are regretting, or not regretting, but yeah, honestly regretting putting him on IR for the year because now they have no shot of making the playoffs. They're not going to make it with Kyle Allen. Come on, he's winning games. This is just, you know what this situation reminds me of? It's the St. Louis Rams when Kurt Warner got hurt and Mark Bolger was winning games. Right, Mark Bolger is doing fine because they had a great team. So they let Kurt Warner go. What happens? Eventually, that team deteriorates and Mark Bolger falls off a cliff. He used to have like a 94 rating on Madden. Preposterous. But then when he didn't have a team for real around him, Torrey Holt gets old. Uh, you know, Steven Jackson still was doing his thing, but the line wasn't as good. The defense dropped off and Mark Bolger was terrible. Over, so overrated. That is what's going to happen with Kyle Allen. No doubt about it. Got to keep Cam. But I'm hoping that the Bears trade for Cam Newton. You got to pull the trigger if they're willing to trade him. You have to do everything in your power to get him. I mean, Cam Newton to the Bears is just, that is, oh man, that would be something special. I'd have to buy that jersey immediately. Immediately. I would buy that Cam Newton Bears jersey. I would be so hyped for it. Oh man, you you guys don't even imagine how you will not you you couldn't get me to shut up about how happy I am about Cam Newton being on the Bears. So that is that is my hope for the Bears. I am done with the Bears for 2019. Football is over for Chicago, unfortunately, after going 12 and 4 last year and now it's a, a 4 and 6 season. They'll beat the Giants next week. They're going to lose to the Lions on Thanksgiving. And then they'll lose to the Cowboys. Or, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, so they play the Giants this coming Sunday. They'll lose. Or they'll, they'll beat the Giants. They'll beat the hapless Giants. Then they'll lose to the Lions. They'll lose to the Cowboys. They'll lose to the Chiefs. They'll lose to the pa- they'll lose to the Packers. Then they'll lose to the Chiefs, and then they'll lose in Minnesota. Maybe they'll beat Minnesota because they probably have a number at Minnesota. But honestly, it doesn't matter. 
Who cares? They'll win five games, maybe six. Oh, disgusting. Oh, disgusting season. Disappointing for the Bears. But going to move on from that. And now I'm going to talk about something. It's a very polarizing issue. This does not have anything to do with any game that went on. And you probably all know what I'm going to talk about now that I said that. That would be the Colin Kaepernick workout on Saturday. So, let's start with the Stephen A. Smiths and, disappointingly enough, the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp reactions. Disappointed in Colin Kaepernick for moving his workout. Oh, man, it was 30 miles away. This is the narrative that's being pushed out right now. 25 uh, scouts from teams were scheduled to appear at Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday in Atlanta. Colin Kaepernick moves the workout to a high school in Georgia. About 40 to 50 minute drive away from the Falcons facility where the workout was supposed to take place. I'm going to get into the waiver and stuff in a second, but I'm going to start with this notion that it was the the drive was the the reason that these are now eight teams, I believe they said is seven or eight teams uh the scouts did end up showing up. Let's go with the facts. Yes, it was a 40 to 50 minute drive. It was also on the way to the airport. Have to get to the airport anyway. But a 15, 20 minute drive from that high school to the airport. Right? So you can't use that as an excuse. I'm sorry, you just can't. It's on the way to the airport. Come on now. You have to get to the airport anyway to fly to whatever destination you need to fly to. So let's get that out the way. Number two. Listen, I'm sorry, but Stephen A. Smith really disappointed me with his take. I understand he makes the $8 million. You know, all power to you. You can say what you want, but Colin Kaepernick wants to play football. He does. But he doesn't want to sacrifice his beliefs. He's not going to take a knee to the NFL. He's not going to bow down to the NFL and stop his stance. And that's why I love Colin Kaepernick and I support his cause. I believe what he has done. He is one of the great social justice warriors of our time. He started a movement. And at the end of the day, let's be realistic. The man lost his job because he was calling for black people to stop being killed by police. And these white people don't want to hear about it. I'm sorry. They just don't. These these white owners don't want to hear about that. And now, let's get into what has really drove people crazy. Which was the, the shirt that Colin Kaepernick wore. The, the Kunte Kinte t-shirt. People are really mad. Like Stephen A. Smith said, well, you're comparing your situation to slavery. If you don't know what Kunta Kinte is, he's the main character in Roots, Saga of an American Family. It's a 76 novel by Alex Haley. And then it was the basis for the uh, 77 miniseries on ABC called Roots. Lots of people watched it. 
and Kuta Kinte was kidnapped from Africa, forced into slavery in, the, in Southern America, and his owner renames him Toby. But he refuses that name that he was imposed on, and he was whipped repeatedly for his disobedience. He tries to escape four times, caught each time, and after the final attempt, owners cut off half of his foot to prevent him from escaping again. Now, you need to understand, Colin Kaepernick was not saying that he was a slave. That's not really what he was trying to say. Like, Max Kellerman broke this down perfectly clear. I have absolutely zero problem with the shirt he wore. You want to know why? Because this problem with Kaepernick being blackballed, all these issues, it goes back to slavery. That's where all of this begins. Black people being oppressed in America, it all starts from slavery. Yes, you can say, oh yes, black people have it better than they did back then. Yeah, obviously, black people have it better now than they did in slavery. Wow. What an accomplishment. Yes, they have it better than the civil rights era. Wow, what an accomplishment. But is it fair? No, not even close. And Colin Kaepernick, what that shirt meant, he said, I am not going to stop being who I am just to get a job with you. That's why he moved the workout. Because at the original workout, no media was allowed in there. That workout was a setup by the NFL. Does you want to know why? Colin Kaepernick decides not to take the workout. Oh, he doesn't want to play. Clearly he doesn't want to play. NFL's giving him opportunities, not taking it. Now, the narrative is, well, he, he clearly doesn't want to play because he moved the workout. You know, I heard Shannon Sharp. Saying, I'm, I'm disappointed in Shannon Sharp for this one. And I love Shannon. But I'm disappointed in you, Shay, for this one. You said that the waiver that the NFL presented him was the same as the waivers that are presented to, to rookies in the NFL, going into the NFL Combine. Which is completely false. That waiver was set up by the NFL. If Kaepernick signs this, and I've read, I've now read stories about... That any lawyer would never let their client sign this waiver. Because the language in that waiver basically says that Kaepernick can't sue the NFL for anything. It's not just like for an injury in the workout. And Kaepernick's waiver that he sent back to the NFL, he said... If Kaepernick somehow dies or gets seriously hurt, he can't sue the NFL for that in the workout. What he didn't want was to not be able to sue the NFL again, bring up the lawsuit for collusion. That's what he couldn't do. It's it's so clear that he's been blackballed from the start. And, man, it's just it just drives me crazy to see I haven't seen every media person's reaction to this, by the way, so don't get on me, but I got to say, I got to give a, a standing ovation to, to Max Kellerman and Nick Wright. They they have been speaking the truth, while a lot of people just have been defending the NFL. And Eric Reed said Stephen A. Smith was tap dancing. 
I had a buddy of mine say, well, if I, I had $8 million, I got $8 million, I'd be tap dancing too. <laughs> but you know, you know, Stephen A. Smith has every right to say what he wants. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crucify him. I'm just sad by the takes that he, he takes sometimes on these issues where, where Max Kellerman, the white man, is the one sticking up for black people. It's very, very sad to see that. But at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I've heard, well, he's clearly one of the 30 best quarterbacks, and like 45 best quarterbacks. No, baloney. I made a list today. Of quarterbacks in the NFL currently that are better, that I believe are clearly better than Colin Kaepernick, that I would say are better than Colin Kaepernick right now. This is in no order, so I'm not I'm not saying like the first name is the best quarterback in the game. I'm just reading off the list. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, 10 quarterbacks, I believe are definitively, in my estimation, better than Cam Newton. Now, uh, sorry, better than Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) Now, these next list, it's arguable. Matt Ryan. I believe Matt Ryan is better than Colin Kaepernick, but you could also make the case that Kaepernick is better than Matt Ryan. Jacoby Brissett. I'm on the fence with those two. I would honestly say Kaepernick might be a little better than Jacoby. But love me some Jacoby Bursette. Jimmy Garoppolo. The player who's quarterbacking Kaepernick's one and only team, the 49ers. Again, on the fence. Maybe Jimmy G is better than him. I don't really know. I would take Kaepernick over Garoppolo if you asked me personally. I believe Kaepernick... We give the 49ers a better chance to win the Super Bowl this year than Garoppolo. And that's just me. And I was a big Garoppolo fan when he got traded from New England. He's good. He's he's very good, actually. But Kaepernick is really good, too. Carson Wentz. I think Kaepernick is better than Carson Wentz. Now, listen, Carson Wentz has been plagued by drop passes. Don't get me wrong, and we'll get into that game. That took place on Sunday later on, but I actually think Kaepernick's better than Carson Wentz. Derek Carr, he's had a very good season for the Raiders. Got to give some love to Derek Carr, but I honestly think that Kaepernick might be a little better than Derek Carr. But you could give the the edge to Derek Carr. You you could. You, You definitely could. Kirk Cousins, he's got a great team around him, let's be honest. I think Kaepernick is a little better than Kirk Cousins. Again, it's close. And finally, Jameis Winston. You could say Jameis is better than Kaepernick, but I wouldn't. But they're close. Give Jameis has had a good season this year, numbers-wise. So, in total, there are 10 quarterbacks that I think are definitively better than Colin Kaepernick. And then there are seven who are on the fence. And only one of those seven I actually think Honestly, I can say is better than Kaepernick. Again, that's Matt Ryan. I do think Matt Ryan is better than Colin Kaepernick. If you had to ask me where would I rank Colin Kaepernick among quarterbacks, ah, man, it's tough. I think that the Derek Carr is tough because I, I like the way Derek Carr has played this year. 
And I like the way Jacoby Brissett has played this year. So at worst, I would have him 14th. I think he'd be about 13th, maybe even 12th. I mean, it's telling me that let's go worst case scenario. Let's go worst case scenario out of this, though. Right? Worst case out of all these names I listed, he's the 18th best quarterback. Out of all the NFL quarterbacks, he'd be the 18th best quarterback in the league. You mean to tell me you can't have a job? It's ridiculous. And I'm just tired of, you know, I love Jamel Hill for all that she's done. She is speaking the truth. You know, this this workout by Kaepernick, this, is, this was a setup by the NFL. Kaepernick called him out on it. People aren't realizing that, like the Kunte Kinte t-shirt, I had no problem with that. I thought it was totally justified. And listen, let's be honest, a lot of these NFL owners... They have a slave owner mentality. Like that Houston Texans owner, the way he talks, it just it just reeks of a plantation owner type vibe. Terrible. So, you know, I'm just I'm just extremely disappointed with the amount of anger and disrespect towards Colin Kaepernick. It's very sad to see, especially from Black men, you know, uh, it's like they want him to do what the NFL wants. But what Colin Kaepernick is saying is, I'm not changing for you. I am not changing for you. I want to be a quarterback in the NFL. But I will not change who I am. I will continue to fight for social justice and for black lives because black lives do matter. And in this country, again, black lives don't matter to a lot of people. That's just a fact. To many owners, black lives don't matter. Let's be honest. Like, you know, it can be controversial to people, but that's just how it is. I'm sorry. And Colin Kaepernick, I love the way he went about it. He won't get a job. I understand that. And people are, well, he blew his only chance. That workout was a setup. If he takes that NFL workout, I'm telling you, I know how this was going. I was thinking about this the whole time. They weren't allowing the media in there. What are they going to do? They're going to smear him. They're going to cut up the film that they take. They didn't let Kaepernick's crew there. And they claimed that Nike... was was on hand to film the workout... And Nike is trying to get them to retract that statement because it's not true. NFL is trying to push a narrative that Kaepernick doesn't want to play. And it's working. I mean, it is working for the NFL because people are buying this narrative that Kaepernick doesn't want to play. He does want to play. He just doesn't want to change who he is. Yes. Skip and Shannon and Stephen A., all these people, they're right in terms of, well, you should do what the NFL wants if you want the job. It's a job interview. I get that. But no, don't change who you are, Kaepernick. Don't do it. Don't do it for them. Be who you are. Continue to fight for equality. Continue to do what you do for the communities. You know, I love it. I love what Kaepernick's done. 
you know. Sometimes I feel bad about being a fan of the NFL because of how they blackballed Colin Kaepernick. But really the thing that's kept me invested in football is fantasy. That's what keeps me invested in games other than Bears and Patriots games. And like, you know, the like the big games. It's just fantasy football, you know. I'm pretty much addicted to it, as a lot of people are. Love me some fantasy football. But it's just like... See, I compare this, and I've written, I wrote essays about this in college, how the NBA came out and told players, you can't need for the anthem. And they said, okay, that's fine. You know why they said that? Because the NBA gives their players a platform to speak out, while the NFL doesn't do that. And let's not forget that this protest... It, it started with Kaepernick sitting. And what happened? Former Seattle Seahawk and U.S. Army Green Beret, Nate Boyer, he convinced Colin Kaepernick that taking a knee, he should take a knee. He didn't really agree with his protest, but he understood where Kaepernick was coming from, had a discussion with him, and he told him, why don't you take a knee to show respect to the troops currently serving and who have fallen. Listen, I've got nothing but respect for the troops of America. My grandpa fought in the Korean War. You know, I respect you and what you do for this country. No doubt about it. But this is a respect. Taking a knee is a sign of respect. You ever played baseball, right? Coach brings you in to talk to you as the team. You take a knee for the coach. You're showing a sign of that's showing a sign of respect. Taking a knee is showing respect to the military. That's what soldiers do for their their fallen brothers. People who have died in combat, they take a knee for them. So that's why he told them to take a knee. I mean, man, these these people who just bash Kaepernick, I just they just don't get it. And I'm just I'm very sad. With what happened. And then, you know, they're trying to... Jay-Z is disappointed in Colin Kaepernick. And people are trying to slam that. You know, well, look at Jay-Z. He's trying to get Kaepernick a job. No, Jay-Z was not trying to... You know, listen, like Max said this perfectly. Ideally, yes, Jay-Z would like Kaepernick to have a job. But he is not going to shake ground enough for him to get a job. He, He wants to be an NFL owner. So his viewpoints are aligned with theirs. Let's be honest. He's trying to become one of them. And then, you know, Tiki Barber. I got a lot to say about him, too. He called Colin Kaepernick unlikable. Now, this is the same Tiki Barber who was cheating on his eight-month pregnant wife, pregnant with twins. With a college intern. Really? Cheating on your wife who's eight months pregnant with twins. With some college intern. And Kaepernick is unlikable? Yeah. Okay. I mean... uh, He's the last person to be able to speak on being likable or not. Oh, man, just with the Bears and this Kaepernick, oh, man, I have been 
I've just been so... Boy, I had a lot to say about that. And this podcast is going off this week. This will probably be like the longest regular season NFL podcast, I'm assuming, just because I had so much to say about those two topics. But again, Colin Kaepernick was in every right to do what he did. Now, yes, he, he probably shouldn't have made his statement to the media the way that he did at the end, stop running, but he he knows he's not going to get signed. He knows it. So, honestly, who cares? I support him doing what he wants. Colin Kaepernick, you got my support, man. I'm rooting for you every day of the week, and, man, I wish the Bears would have went on and signed him. It would have been great, but it'll never happen. Virginia's not letting that happen. Come on now. <laughs> so... Let's move on to another game. I want to talk about the Cowboys and the Lions. And specifically, Dak Prescott. 29 of 46, 444 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Dak Prescott, I said this, um, you know, back in Mizzou, I had the radio show, Ball Don't Lie, with my good buddy Derek McKinney. And I said that Dak Prescott was going to become, I said this two years ago now, I said that Dak Prescott was going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. And then I kind of thought maybe my prediction was going to be dead wrong last year and really during that season. But, boy, it's looking more and more. He is getting so much better. I think I'm I'm going to stick with that prediction that he will be the best Cowboys quarterback of all time. He won't win as many Super Bowls as Troy Aikman, but Troy Aikman was a great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, but by some people he is he is overrated, just my opinion. I, I would say that he had the greatest offensive line of all time. He had a top five running back of all time and a top five wide receiver of all time. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And plus a dominant defense. You know, and then don't forget the last Super Bowl, he had Deion Sanders, maybe the greatest player in the history of the NFL. I'd say the greatest player in the history of the NFL is like, I would say it's between three guys. I know a lot of people say Jerry Rice, but again, because of how great Randy Moss is, I don't think either of those guys are are the greatest of all time. I would say it's between Deion Sanders, Lawrence Taylor, and Walter Payton. Walter Payton being that he could do everything, run, pass, even kicked sometimes ridiculous led the league in rushing with horrible offensive lines horrible teams carried the bears but anyway enough of that Dak Prescott looks amazing right now Zeke only has 45 yards and gets a touchdown he gets two touchdowns because he had the receiving touchdown as well and on that touchdown he does the uh the, the famous Dak warm-up as a celebration, that was hilarious, I got to say. That was great. Uh, great material by Ezekiel Elliott. But, man, I'm, I'm I'm very impressed with Dak Prescott right now. Michael Gallup, nine catches, 148 yards. Of course, I benched him in fantasy for Cooper Cup. Uh, I knew it was a mistake, too. I knew I should have switched it. I just had that feeling. I don't know. But... Jeff Driscoll looked really good. The Cowboys' defense is not as good as last year. It's overrated. They almost came back. The final score is 
I'm concerned for the Cowboys and their defense, but boy, the Cowboys do look like the team that is going to win the division. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but Dak Prescott is playing great this year. Uh, very happy for him. I really do like Dak. Again, black quarterbacks are taking over the NFL. So that was great. But the game I was looking most forward to this weekend was the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. And boy, it was nothing like the Clemson-Louisville historic showdown between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. This was an absolute domination. The Baltimore Ravens defense absolutely shut down Deshaun Watson. Only 169 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Ravens winning 41 to 7. Lamar Jackson goes 17 to 24, 222 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, and puts himself right in the leaderboard for the MVP race. I said he was going to win the MVP, not before the season. I'm just saying he's the MVP. I was saying it last week because I felt like people overrated Russell Wilson's performance on Monday Night Football. He threw that terrible pick at the end of the game. People just forget it because the 49ers missed a field goal and, and the Seahawks ended up winning the ball game. Russell Wilson, you know, he played okay, but he didn't play that good. He didn't really play that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo when we're being honest. Lamar Jackson has been absolutely sensational. He beat Russell Wilson in Russell Wilson's house. He beat Tom Brady, the GOAT, and dominated him. And now he dominated Deshaun Watson head on. So the two other guys who I felt I felt the MVP race was honestly a three-man horse. I thought Deshaun Watson was in it, and then I thought Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. I thought it was those three. He has taken Deshaun Watson right out of the race by that dominant performance. And got to give a, a shout-out to Mark Ingram as well. Two touchdowns receiving. I mean, man, he is... He's looking good. Uh, Gus Edwards with 112 rushing yards, and Lamar gets 86 rushing yards of his own. Man, this Baltimore Ravens team is special. I had them going 12-4 and before the season. I thought they were going to be great. And, I, I, man, they, they might have finished with a better record than I expected them to, to be honest with you, because, I mean, looking at their schedule, they're going to beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. You know, the 49ers is a toss-up, but it's in Baltimore. I'm I'm leaning Ravens on that one. Then they go to Buffalo. They're going to win that one. They'll beat the Jets. They'll go to Cleveland and smack the Browns for that horrible performance they had earlier in the year. And then they'll wrap it up, wrap the season up with a win over the Steelers. So I see them going 14-2 and right now. Maybe 13-3 and with the loss to the San Francisco 49ers. But again, it's in Baltimore, so I don't really see them losing another game this season. The question for the AFC is can the Patriots win out? That's the question. I think their only hope is to win out. Now, looking at their schedule, they can do it. They play the Cowboys at home this weekend. I think the Patriots will get the dub. They go to Houston. That's a difficult game for sure. And Before the season, I did predict Deshaun Watson to win this game. And I still think Deshaun Watson is going to win that game. I think they'll come back. Before the season, I thought they are going to lose to the Chiefs. I don't think that anymore. I think they will beat the Chiefs. They'll beat the Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins to wrap up the season at 14-2. and So really, the Patriots have to root for that 49ers. The 49ers to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Or like the Steelers to upset them or something like that. 
So, you know, speaking of the Patriots, let's get into it. Patriots beat the Eagles 17 to 10. Um, terrible performance by the Patriots offense. It doesn't look good. Can't blame it all on Tom Brady. He didn't play great. 26 of 47, 216 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Julian Edelman throws the lone touchdown of the game, throwing touchdown for the Patriots. Um, their lone touchdown of the game, as a matter of fact, throws a touchdown to Philip Dorsett. But, man, the Patriots offense does not look good. That Eagles defense is looking great. Carson Wentz, uh, 214 yards, 20 of 40, a, one touchdown, no picks, but two fumbles. He's got receivers dropping a lot of balls, though, especially Nelson Aguilar. You know, that video of the guy talking about how they were getting thrown the babies out of the burning building and they were catching them. He said, unlike Nelson Aguilar, that was relevant uh, once again on Sunday. You got to feel for him. You know, I think he's overrated, but it's not fair that he has receivers dropping balls. But Max Kellerman, you know, he likes to make the take that. It's because he's not firing up the players like Nick Foles did. I I think there might be some truth in that, but I don't think that's fair to Carson Wentz. You got to start catching the ball, you know? That's just the fact of the matter. You have to start catching the ball for him. It's not fair to him. The Eagles are now 5-5 five and five on the season. So the, the question is going to be, can the Eagles go – and beat the Cowboys at home. I'm starting to think I thought the Eagles were definitely going to win this division, but it looks like Dallas is going to win this division. We will see. It'll be very interesting. Again, the Patriots score 17 unanswered after being down 10 nothing. They get the win. The defense looks good. I think it's a little overrated. It is not on the same level as the 49ers have the best defense in football. Let me just get that out the way. And what I saw in that Monday night game was, I mean, that defense is nasty. Like, they really are. They're, they're, they're like the Bears from last year, how they force turnovers. And then the Bears look great against the Rams. They got a couple turnovers, and, you know, they just didn't take advantage of them. But this 49ers defense is looking great. And, yeah, the Patriots, they're struggling. Tom Brady looked, boy, he looked so mad at the end at the press conference. He looked so mad. He didn't even stay up there for two minutes. You can tell he's mad. It's why they wanted to keep Antonio Brown. You know, it's Robert Kraft is the one who cut him. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were totally against it because they knew they had no weapons for real other than Edelman. And, like, there were times where he was triple covered out there. It was ridiculous. Nikhil Harry is he's a rookie, so you can't really rely on him. Maybe he'll be better as the season goes on. Um Mohamed Sanu is does not look fast enough. I mean, they just don't have speed. They don't have speed. Gronk's making an announcement today. Uh, maybe Gronk comes out of retirement. I highly doubt it, though. That would be great to see. Um, but listen, the Patriots are are going to be fine. They'll they'll make the AFC Championship game. Um, I think that home field will decide who wins. But it, honestly. I wouldn't bet either way because, you know, I, I don't bet against Tom Brady and I'm not going to bet against Lamar Jackson either. I don't bet against Sean Watson either. Those are the three guys in the NFL. Absolutely no way will I ever bet against them. And Drew Brees is the fourth. I wouldn't bet against any of those four guys. By the way, the Saints beat the Bucks 34-17. The Saints are absolutely fine. The Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. That's what I've felt since week 
two. Uh, if you didn't know, before the season, I did predict the Bears to win the Super Bowl, but I was in Las Vegas for that opening night debacle against Green Bay. After that game, I said, yeah, um, I was being a fan too much. I thought the 100th season would be the, the Bears' Super Bowl, but no, I said, no way. They'll, they'll make the playoffs, but they can't beat Aaron Rodgers. No way is Mitch Trubisky beating Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. No way. Not a chance is he beating Drew Brees in the playoffs, especially. So I was I changed my mind. Saints are going to beat the Patriots. That's what I said. And now I'm starting to last week I was starting to think about it and now I'm really I'm really about to lean towards Saints Ravens. I I really think right now as of right now I believe the Ravens will win the AFC regardless of where the AFC Championship game is played. I don't think the Patriots can go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I do think they can beat them at home. But again, I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady either way. Yeah, you just don't do it. You just don't bet against Tom Brady. I don't care how old he is. You just don't do it. Don't bet against him, man. Don't lose your money to Tom Brady. Even if you hate him, don't do it to yourself. You're just in for disappointment. The Vikings make a big comeback beating the Broncos. You know, I was mad about that earlier because, you know, I was still holding out hope that the Bears could make a comeback run, but doesn't really matter anymore the Vikings are going to make the playoffs the Cardinals and the 49ers great game Cardinals have the lead Kyler Murray absolutely looks fantastic uh he's the rookie of the year in my estimation 150 yards on 24 of 33 two touchdowns no picks 67 running yards and a touchdown Garoppolo goes 424 on 34 of 45 four touchdowns two picks he didn't he threw two bad picks but Hey, Garoppolo got it done at the end of the game. You got to give it to him. But, man, boy, Kyler Murray is something special. The way he looks twice against that 49ers, that great 49ers defense, he's played fantastic. He is He's proving why he deserved that number one overall pick. He most definitely deserved that number one overall pick. I loved him in college. I thought he was going to be better than Baker Mayfield. He is definitely proving that. Oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield, he is definitely Colin Kaepernick is most definitely better than Baker Mayfield. That's a quarterback who he's definitely better than. And there's another quarterback he's definitely better than that I want to get into right now. That's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is done. He's too old now. It's over for him. Chiefs beat the Chargers 24 to 17. Philip makes a great throw to Mr. Mike Williams to set him up. Austin Eckler gets that first down. They're about the 12-yard line. They got enough time. They got second down, and it's three plays to get in the end zone. What does Phillip Rivers do? Oh, he throws a pick. His fourth pick of the game, 28 of 52, 353 yards, one touchdown, and four picks. And I was arguing with this at uh, with somebody over at the Chicago locker room at the, the mall. The other day he said, oh, Kaepernick's not better than Phillip Rivers. I'm like, oh, he's no doubt about it. He's better than Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is done. He is not the same quarterback that he was last year. This was a Chargers team. I thought they were going to win about 12 games. They weren't going to win the division because I thought the Chiefs were going to win 14 games. I thought they were going to be undefeated and then just drop the last two games in Chicago and then uh, to the Chargers. But that is not what's happened. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. It's, it's not the same offense, but, you know, Pat Mahomes is still great. 
You know, he, he, uh, today he only threw 182 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Not the best game, 19 to 32, but he ran for 59 yards, led the team in rushing. Travis Kelsey with 92 receiving yards on seven catches with a touchdown. But boy, Phillip Rivers throws his fourth pick of the game. And man, he is just. Phillip Rivers, it's hard to root for him just because of how much junk he talks to players. He's always yelling. I play, they played the Bears. He tries to bump Roquan Smith. Like, what? You're trying to fight Roquan Smith, dude? Dude, if Roquan Smith wanted to, he would kill you in a fight. You have no chance against them. Why don't you just focus on making an 11th kid, I guess. How many kids does he have? Like, nine kids? <laughs> Why don't you focus on that instead of fighting or focus on not throwing an interception instead of fighting with a linebacker who could murder you if he wanted to? I mean, Phillip Rivers is just, he's done. And I, you know, Phillip Rivers, it was the essence of Phillip Rivers. He puts up numbers, but he throws picks and he doesn't get the job done. No Super Bowls, you know? That's too bad for them, you know? The Chargers. Pick Philip Rivers over Drew Brees. Look where that got you. Imagine if they kept Drew Brees with Ladanian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. Oh, man. They would have won a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. They probably would have won multiple, to be honest. It's too bad. LT and uh, Drew Brees were drafted by the Chargers in the same class, too. It's too bad that they didn't get to get it done together. I never liked the, the Chargers when they got rid of Drew Brees because I always liked Drew Brees. I used to play with them in Madden with LT in them. I, that's a team I'd pick sometimes. I was really mad when they, they traded him. So I never really liked the Chargers after that. Never really liked Phillip Rivers, too. I like Drew Brees. Always like Drew Brees. But, yeah, I mean, Phillip Rivers is just not the same quarterback he was even last year. I think his career kind of died in that playoff game when he got smoked by Tom Brady absolutely outclassed in every sense of the imagination and I think Philip Rivers is truly maybe the most overrated quarterback in football to be honest with you and then the last game I want to get into from this week before quickly getting into this coming week is the Steelers and the Browns and all the controversy with Miles Garrett and Boy, I feel like Max Kellerman's the only person with some logic in this. And the world has blown up. They blew up on Twitter and everywhere that Miles Garrett, horrible what he did to Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, first of all, is not this great person that you guys try to claim that he is. I mean, I guess nobody's really trying to claim that he's a great person, but I mean, they are just, he is just, man, he is just, you can tell he's arrogant, he's cocky, you can tell all of that from how he talks, but here's the thing, Miles Garrett hits Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. Let's discuss what happened. So Miles Garrett tackles him, gets on top of him and everything. Mason Rudolph, I don't know if he need him or not. That's what maybe was alleged. I didn't see that, but I see him grabbing the helmet and trying to rip it off, yank it, right? 
So then he's like, oh, we're doing that. So he rips off his helmet, and then he, he swings as he's getting pushed back by the Steelers' offensive lineman, and it hits Mason Rudolph in the head. Now, when I saw that and I saw the replay, honestly, just my belief, listen, I don't mean to get political, but he's he's a MAGA supporter, Trump supporter, and, you know, I stopped being mad about hearing if somebody supported Trump or not. I'm not going to really get political, but the only thing I'll say is that Donald Trump supporters, because of the way Donald Trump talks, they feel like they can say what they want. And this is just my belief. I don't know if this is true, but my prediction was, and I said this at the time, I'm like, I think he said the N-word. That's just me. Because I don't think Miles Garrett does that for nothing. Maybe he said something about his mom or something. But Mason Rudolph just seems like that type of dude. And the way he he called him a bully. He called him a bully after. In his little press conference, Mason Rudolph called him a bully. And I saw a tweet about that. There we go. From a kid who went to high school with Mason, right? And this kid, he said, I went to high school with Mason. He is the bully. Threw me in the porter potty and kicked it over with his football buddies. Made me lick the urinals. Stuck a spork in my ear at lunch and my ears bled. First of all, I hope that that's a lie. I hope that no human being would ever do that to somebody, but I I could imagine that that's true. He seems like the type of dude to do something horrible like that. And that goes on. There's that Netflix show about all the people who, what is it, 13 Reasons Why? The people who, like, kill themselves. I think that's what it's called. I think that's what it's about. And all these horrible things that happen to them and that lead to suicide. And that's an example of something right there. They had some horrible scenes. I've only seen one scene. I'm not going to talk about it, but it is absolutely awful what they did to that boy in that scene. Because my friend wanted to show it to me. It's just awful what they did. And that, that kind of reminds me of that. And it's just, and that's terrible. And Mason Rudolph, I don't know if he said the N-word. I, I don't know if that's true, but I that's just my thing is I think he said the unthinkable and I think that's why Miles Garrett snapped on him. And if he if Mason Rudolph did in fact say that then you know he he still shouldn't have hit him with the helmet. You're right. But can you blame him? Can you really blame somebody for doing that? And I don't want to hear white people saying that oh you need to react differently because Honestly, there's no way you can understand what it what that means to be called the N word. You just won't you just won't you just won't understand. I won't understand how it feels. You know, I try to. That's why I understand that saying that word is wrong. Even with the with the soft A instead of the hard R. I understand that as a white man, I have no right to use that word. None at all. Even my girl who's you know who's black she doesn't say the word so if she doesn't say the word then you know that lets you know right there 
that no white person is allowed to say that word. I got no problem with black people saying it. You know, that's their right. I respect how black people have taken that word that was used to oppress them and taken it in their own spin. I, I respect that about them. I, I think that's that's honorable. And I also respect people in my girl's perspective who says that nobody should say it. I respect both sides. But not a chance. Well, I, I don't understand why white people want to use that word. And I don't really want to get into that anymore. But that's just my two cents on that issue. But that's just what I believe Mason Rudolph did. He seems like that type of person. You know, and he's, you know, he's. we've seen his like tweets before of him liking tweets, flaming Colin Kaepernick and Jamel Hill, among others. You know, Trump supporting tweets, of course. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he said that, you know, Miles Garrett acting like he should be suspended, banned for the league, go to jail. Not a chance should that happen. You know, a few games. Mason Rudolph needs to be suspended too, though. He started that fight. He He instigated it. Regardless of what he said, he still started it. Even if he didn't say that. You know, he probably said something, though. He had to have said something to him. And that's why I just felt like he said that. Because, like, you just don't do that for no reason. And obviously, Mason Rudolph started it by trying to yank off his helmet anyway. But, man, I just... The the hysteria that has been created by that it's just it's been overblown in my opinion it's been way overblown you know so that's all i have to say about that probably a controversial opinion but now let's get into nfl predictions for week 12 uh, colts go to houston we'll go with deshaun watson to have a big bounce back game uh, Texans win a tight one and avenge their early season loss to the Colts. Dolphins, Browns. Uh, the Browns will get another win because the Dolphins are terrible. Lions, Redskins. Lions will win because the Redskins are terrible. Raiders, Jets. The Raiders will win because the Raiders are good and the Jets really aren't. Giants, Bears. I already said it. The Bears will win. They're at home. I swear if they lose to the Giants, that would just... Oh, man. It's like you can't even say like tank. I mean, yeah, for your second round pick, but and you don't get a first round pick. The Raiders get it. So the Bears will beat the Giants at home. Panthers, Saints. The Saints will win. The Panthers are going to see that they'll need Cam Newton. Seahawks go to Philly. That's going to be a great game, I believe. I believe that Carson Wentz can have a bounce back performance, but Russell Wilson and the Seahawks will find a way to get a win. Bucks Falcons. Falcons have been playing actually very good the last couple weeks, dominating Carolina and New Orleans. So I got the Falcons winning again and improving their record to four and seven. Broncos, Bills. Bills are at home. I'll go with the Bills. Uh, the Broncos just keep finding ways to blow games. I think they'll probably be up in this game and blow it again, too. Steelers, Bengals. The Steelers look much better in their secondary with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So, obvious pick Steelers. Honestly, because the Bengals are another terrible team. Redskins, Dolphins, and Bengals. Those are just three horrible teams. Jaguars, Titans. 
Titans aren't really very good. They're a mediocre team, I guess. The Jaguars will get a win. Nick Foles will get his first win as a Jaguar this season. Cowboys, Patriots, the big game. That's a big game. I'm rolling with the Patriots. I think it's going to be a really great game, though. It'll be in Foxborough. Great game. I got the Patriots winning. Ravens and Rams. Monday Night Football. You got to go with Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the league. Rolling with him and the, the Ravens to beat the Rams. And then the game of the week, of course, is the Sunday night game. Green Bay Packers travel to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. This is a incredibly tough game to predict, to be honest with you. Um, I've been rolling back and forth about what's going to happen in this game. But I'm going to roll with the San Francisco 49ers to get the win in primetime. Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Jimmy G from Rolling Meadows High School, rival of Wheeling High School. <laughs> oh, Wheeling. And get the win over the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And so for finally, every week for the NFL, I will have Baller of the Week. That is who I believe was the, that's in the title, the best baller, the Baller of the Week. And that award for this week is easy to give. It is most definitely to Lamar Jackson. Again, unbelievable, dominating Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. With those 300 total, over 300 total yards of offense, four touchdowns, no picks. Like Mark Ingram said in his press conference, you're looking at the MVP of the league. I'm sorry, Russell Wilson, but Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the league. I hope they give it to him. Um, he is playing sensational. You know, Even though I like the New England Patriots, again, if they lose to the Texans or Ravens in the playoffs, I got no problem with it because I just love Deshaun Watson. I love Lamar Jackson. I love how he's proved everybody wrong. He's better than I imagined. I remember on a radio show, me and Derek, we both agreed that Lamar Jackson was the consensus second-best quarterback in the draft and that the only quarterback that was better is Sam Darnold, but Darnold is never going to be Lamar Jackson. He's never going to be close to him. Um, I still think Sam Darnold's going to be a good NFL quarterback. It's just the Jets that are holding him back, to be honest. The Jets only have him, and really Le'Veon Bell has been carrying the Jets. Poor Le'Veon. But he's still fighting for him. I respect that about him. But Lamar Jackson is obviously your baller of the week. He is your NFL MVP. I'm hoping that he gets it. And that is all the time I'm going to have for this inaugural episode of Change the Game Podcast. Thanks for listening going to try to get maybe one or two more episodes up um, one of them will be an episode that was recorded from a while ago it's all about avengers infinity war and endgame reviewing those two movies and kind of deciding which is the better film so if you're a marvel fan definitely check that one out and there will be an nfl podcast next week um probably boxing next week preview uh talking about the Deontay Wilder Ortiz fight the WWE podcast because I will be in attendance this coming Saturday at NXT TakeOver War Games at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont 
and the Survivor Series is the next night. So I'll have a WWE podcast, wrestling podcast, reviewing that, those two events, and just talking about wrestling in general, the state of where wrestling is right now. So thank you again for listening. Uh, Continue to check out Change the Game. Uh, We are changing the game with this podcast, and I really thank you for listening. I hope you guys are excited as I am to continue to make this product for you guys and just speak the truth. So thank you.